0: KQED. You're listening to Cued Up, I'm Ryan Levy.
1: I say pro, you say choice, pro, choice. Pro.
0: There aren't a lot of topics in American politics that can get people more riled up than abortion. Abortion yeah. Abortion yeah. 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 But the story I'm bringing you isn't about today's legal and political battles over abortion. We're going back to the early 20th century. Long before Roe v. Wade, when abortion was illegal. But that didn't stop one woman who is said to have performed 50,000 illegal abortions right here in San Francisco. KQED's Chloe Veltman introduces us to Inez Burns.
1: This is the sound of a pair of Victorian-era forceps. The slender metal instrument I'm holding in my hands once belonged to Inez Burns. In the first half of the 20th century, Burns was one of California's most sought-after abortionists. She is said to have terminated around 50,000 pregnancies in San Francisco during her long career, using this and other tools at a time when doing so could land you in prison. The forceps are among the relics and secret spots, unearthed by the people who lived in her home in the years since she died.
0: There's a part
2: of the wall, the, you know, the baseboard opens up. So she had a little hiding
0: spot there. Um, but we haven't found any money.
1: That's Jeff Surf. He and his wife bought Inez Burns' jewel box mansion in San Francisco's Mission District in 1999. Surf knows a little about the home's most infamous inhabitant, that she threw wild parties and made a vast fortune performing up to 20 abortions a day, that her patients included everyone from housewives to celebrities, like Olympic skater and film star Sonia Henney. But Surf doesn't know Inez Burns like Stephen Bloom does.
2: I've been in love with Inez. <laughs> For 20 years.
1: Bloom is a journalism professor at the University of Iowa and the author of a painstakingly researched new book about the abortionist. Burns was born to a poor German immigrant family in 1886 in San Francisco's then grim South of Market neighborhood. Bloom says her father was an alcoholic and her mother a taskmaster.
2: Her mother didn't believe in, in education. She believed that girls and boys needed to work.
1: So at 17, with good looks, but otherwise no real prospects, Inez Burns landed her first job as a manicurist at the barbershop in San Francisco's luxurious Palace Hotel. At the turn of the last century, wealthy men liked getting their nails done by pretty young women, like the auburn-haired Inez Burns.
2: She buffed and polished the nails of a lot of important people.
1: One such high roller was Dr Eugene West. Bloom says West was three times the young manicurist's age and a notorious ladies' man. He was also a notorious abortionist. The two started dating and eventually West taught Burns his trade.
2: And uh, this is how Inez got her beginning as an abortionist.
1: Cities like San Francisco were flush with practitioners of varying degrees of skill and legitimacy. They plied their trade under the table while cops and lawmakers took kickbacks and turned a blind eye. It was a dangerous business, leaving many women injured and sometimes dead. But Burns was meticulous and scrupulously hygienic. Before long, word got around. In 1927, she set up her own clinic in San Francisco's Haight-Ashbury neighbourhood. Author Stephen Bloom and I visit the apartment building that used to house Burns's clinic. Bloom tells me Burns had no shortage of customers willing to pay her hundreds of dollars in cash to get them out of trouble.
2: It wasn't unusual for Inez to arrive here and find five or six women in a line waiting for her to arrive in
0: the morning.
1: The building is a little run down, with narrow corridors and few distinguishing features. Bloom says the place looked very different in Burns's day.
2: There were Chippendale chairs, there were Persian carpets.
1: Bloom says Burns was in it for the money and rarely provided discounts. The clinic was one of many properties she owned all over California, thanks to the millions she made. That fortune bought her friends in high places, including politicians and lawmakers. But she couldn't buy off ambitious district attorney Pat Brown, current California Governor Jerry Brown's dad.
2: I did enforce the law, but I tried to enforce it rather selectively in the sense that I didn't call the press in and say I'm going out on a crusade against whores or against abortionists or against uh, gamblers. I just quietly waited for
1: an incident. That incident happened in 1945. Brown had attempted a couple of unsuccessful raids on Burns's clinic. She'd been tipped off and gotten away. But the third time, author Stephen Bloom says as we walk down the street, an undercover cop posing as a patient exposed Burns and she was arrested.
2: Police confiscated oxygen tanks, instruments, actual beds. They were all hauled over to the courthouse and were used as exhibits during the trial.
1: Photo ID, come on in. Thank you. As Bloom and I stand in San Francisco's beautiful Beaux Arts Federal Courthouse, one of two places the abortionist was tried, the author tells me convicting Inez Burns wasn't easy.
2: The grand jury met twice and they found nothing wrong with what she was doing, or at least there wasn't enough evidence to indict her.
1: But DA Pat Brown was persistent. Ines Burns' luck finally ran out on September 26, 1946 when she was convicted for performing illegal abortions. At 61, Burns served the first of her two state sentences. There were federal convictions too for tax evasion. She was in and out of prison several times in her old age. An appeal went all the way to the Supreme Court but the justices declined to review the conviction.
2: There are a lot of people out there who may say that Inez ended 50,000 lives. She also saved a lot of lives.
1: Bloom says Burns ended up paying the US government $800,000 in back taxes. That's roughly equivalent to $8 million in today's money. Burns was left penniless. Meanwhile, Brown's quest against corruption and vice paid off. He was elected California Attorney General and then Governor in 1959. (laughs) doctor i just
0: can't have this baby are you sure that you want an abortion
1: that i am you have no idea what would happen to me if i have a baby now that's an anti-abortion psa dating from the 1970s when laws around the issue were radically shifting the supreme court legalized a woman's right to an abortion in 1973 but burns wasn't happy about it Not long before she passed away in a nursing home at the age of 89, she said to a newspaper reporter, scores of women will die. It will be quite a while before physicians who have not been trained for this type of surgery will be able to do it well and safely.
0: Thanks to reporter Chloe Veltman for that story, which originally aired on the California Report magazine. To see more stories I like this week, including the great motorized scooter debate of 2018, head to kqed.org slash q-e-d-u-p. Make sure you never miss an episode of Queued Up by subscribing to our show in your podcast player of choice, and while you're there, give us a review and a rating. I'm Ryan Levy, have a good week.